Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the secret sauce behind the UMS, the Unified Movement System, and how we successfully combine strength, flexibility, and fitness all into the same kick-ass workout to turn driven people into athletes. Stick around. What's up everyone, it's time to rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix and my name is Rad Burmeister. We are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our Epic Foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, you can use the link in the description to get your first month free. But before we get started, a warm welcome if you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember that anyone can join and interact. And lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. How are you, Rich? I'm good, Rad. Thanks. Had yep. a good workout this morning. Looking forward to the long weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Easter. If, you, if you're listening to this uh, replay a little bit later, it's, um, it's um, th- Easter Thursday. <laughs> it's not Easter Thursday. It's the day before uh, Good Friday. <clears throat> but uh, Easter Thursday is a thing now. So, um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It's always, uh, we work pretty hard over here at Unity Gym and Easter and uh, Christmas break are the only breaks uh, that we have where we're not open. We're open every other public holiday. So it's going to be good. Um, yeah, this is a this is a good show for us because we, you know, we have a lot of different topics that we talk about, but this one is all about the secret sauce behind the UMS and why it's even called the Unified Movement System because it's a unification of strength, flexibility, and fitness, and we get that in every single workout. And I guess um, you know the best thing that we can do to add value to people is is talk about how we got here, like w- what the journey was. And, uh, and then how we do it now, how, how we do things differently. And, you know, where we started, Unity Gym's been open for eight years now. And when we started, we really just had a look at what everybody else was doing and, you know, emulated it, but with our own flavor. And that was really to do, you know, workouts that were specific to somebody's need. Like, you know, there was a workout that was for strength or there was a different workout for flexibility. And there was a, a workout for sort of strength and fitness together, um, you know, circuit style training. That was um, that was how we got started, and you know, they had uh, they had their place, and they were they were popular f- with the people that did it, weren't they? Yeah, people, people yeah, enjoyed them. Really enjoyed those workouts. Yeah, they got a got a good sweat on for people, and you know, we we applied our knowledge of strength and conditioning so that we balanced the workouts as best as we could, at least moderately balanced between push and pull movements but what really I think for for me I mean you tell me if you've got a different perception of it Richard but the turning point for me was when I started learning about calisthenics and I went and did some working workshops with Ida Portal and it introduced me to the idea of um, you know more body weight training but also just the idea that you don't need to specialize you don't need to do classes or train just for one specific thing you can actually do your training sessions where it is more holistic and you include things from from different practices with less equipment yeah with less equipment yeah yeah and our classes really changed then we combined everything into the one class 
and we had some weightlifting in it still, uh, some calisthenics and body weight training, and yeah. some movement training. You know, like we were doing locomotion and flow movements, and yeah. back then we were doing handstands in every workout, weren't we? Or maybe we started by doing two handstand days a week, and then we ended up moving to yeah. every workout with it. Yeah, that's right. It was a small little, um, I think it was like the first 20 minutes of the workout or yep. 15 minutes of the workout after the actual warm-up that we dedicated to handstands. Yep. Yeah, so we did a 10-minute warm-up, then we did about 15 minutes of handstands, then we did a bit of strength training, and then I think at the end we did um, core training. Back then we used to finish with six minutes of core training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Um, yeah. At even one point we had different sort of classes. We had stretching classes yep. um, dedicated to just that. Yeah, yeah, and and they were good. They were I, I I liked them, and a lot of people really really loved them because they were very different. They were very unique. Um, but the problem was, people weren't getting great results. When we looked at our top students that were training with us for a year, um, that were coming five days a week and doing those one hour classes, they weren't getting the results that I'd expect somebody would that trained five days a week for a year. Yep. Really really consistent training. They weren't objectively stronger. They weren't, um, you know, objectively in better shape, more muscle, leaner. You know, they, they they were they were good. They were doing well. You know, they could do what we did well, and they would have been able to go somewhere else and you know jump in and have some fun with people. But still, none of them could do handstands or muscle ups or double body weight squats or 150 percent body weight bench press. Like they weren't getting anywhere with their flexibility, really. Yeah, no, yeah. people weren't getting flex really flexible at all. Like they were, they were doing stretching, but they weren't getting anywhere with it. And that was, um, that's when we really, you know, just took an honest look at what we were doing and realized that we'd, we'd thrown a lot of rhyme and reason out the window with our classes in favor of doing things because they were different and exciting. And it was, it would definitely, I had a bigger influence on that. You know, I, I really wanted to do classes that, that I felt were going to set us aside from what other people were doing, um, purely because I enjoyed that stuff, and I didn't—I just didn't think that there was much of a future in just doing what everybody else did. And that was when we, you know, we really reviewed what we already knew about strength and conditioning, things like what's the minimum amount of volume that you need to do on a on a muscle group in one workout in order to achieve hypertrophy, muscle growth you know, or the minimum amount of volume needed in order to achieve um, strength improvements. And we weren't getting it. We, I think back then we were doing three sets of, of the big lifts within a workout. Yeah. You know, and all the research um, shows that, you know, one of the sort of rules of thumb for hypertrophy is that if you want to make your muscles bigger, the bare minimum that you can do in one muscle group in one workout is 40 to 70 repetitions. And the ideal rep range for hypertrophy is about the 8 to 12 rep range, depending on how trained the individual is. So when you look at that, it's basically like a minimum of five sets, eight reps. Um, and yeah, so we went back to doing that stuff, but we still weren't doing much flexibility back then. Um, where we were still like doing like the strength training, where we were doing the handstands and the strength training and the yeah, core very, training. Very much separated, you know, at a, a different time. Um, I think I think back then we did one day a week where we did flexibility training, didn't we? Yeah. We did on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. That was before we were doing straight arm strength. Yeah. So we were doing bent arm strength on Monday and Thursday, and we were doing lower body squats on Tuesday, deadlifts on Friday, 
Yeah. All of them had handstands before and a warm-up before and then six minutes of core at the end. Yeah. So there was a bit of flexibility, but it was only the warm-up, the, the 10 minutes at the start. And then on Wednesdays, we did a really big stretching session for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And again, and we did all of these things that I'm explaining here, we did for a year. We didn't just do it for a month or two and then change it. We did it for a good year and then looked back on it. And again, people weren't getting flexible. And I wasn't even getting... Um, yeah, Stephen saying, and no one came on Wednesday. That definitely the attendance dropped on Wednesday. Do you remember that? Yeah. The attendance used to be half on Wednesday every week. And we used to try so hard. We'd tell people, you have to come and do this stuff. And the goal was, Stephen, it was really funny. This is, this is how we got to where we are. We were doing what everybody else, well, we were doing more than what everybody else was doing with stretching, which was that we were actually doing it with them and showing them. But the goal was, okay, we're going to teach you how to do the stretches. Now you need to do these every day. And of course, not only did nobody come on Wednesdays, but even the people that came on Wednesdays, they didn't do it outside of mm -hmm. class time. Every, if you're going to come to the gym one day a week for an hour, people just do what they do in the class. They don't go out and do another 30 or 40 minutes of work afterwards. People yeah. just don't do that. So going from once a week dedicated, it now is five times a week in the workouts every day. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's when we found, you know, we, we started to see a lot better results with people's flexibility, consistency, and I guess like just attendance in the Yeah, day. yeah. And it's funny how that came about. That was I remember that that was directly my decision and because I remember I had to fight Yanni on it Yanni because it goes against everything that strength and conditioning says you should do all the you know we're always taught that you shouldn't pair stretching with strength training at all they've got to be separate things and but I just got frustrated with not being able to find a way to fit it all in I just got pissed off and I thought well we're never no one's ever going to get these results so this is how we're going to do it and we just basically squashed it all together and um, you know, the basically all we did was at, at, at first was not stretch the same muscle or strength training, which means if we're doing squats one day, then we were doing flexibility for the shoulders. Mm -hmm. And if we were doing shoulders and upper body one day, then we were doing flexibility for the lower body for the splits or something like that. Yeah. And that you're right. That's when people started to get a result. That's when people started to, after three months go, wow, I'm getting flexible now. And surprise, surprise. Why? Because we were doing a one-to-one -one strength and flexibility ratio. Yep. And, um, yeah, if you do it, it works. <laughs> yeah, at one point, we also didn't really have circuits. Yeah, at we didn't do anything we at that point, did we? were doing the strength and the flexibility, weren't we? We um, were doing circuits, but there was no cardio in them. They were 100% supplementary movements yep. for the strength training. And, again... It, it went back to the idea of, well, we need to condition the shoulders yeah. and we need to condition the glutes and the this and that. And, okay, well, the only place to do it is after the strength training. We've got to do it here. So that was what we were doing. Yeah. And we just couldn't find a way to fit cardio into it. Yeah. And then the circuits were born. Well, it's it's right. more important. Yeah, but it's more important to talk about why they were born. Yeah, yeah. Because a friend of ours who's a fitness professional at age 37 had a stroke. Yeah. And this is a this is a fit person. Um, somebody that you would not expect to suffer a stroke. And that really rocked us because that, that was not younger than you, Richard, older than you, but younger than Yanni and me. And we thought, man, we need to do cardio in our training. Not only that, we got a bit of feedback um, from a few of our clients that, you know, they used to like feel out of breath when walking upstairs and stuff. And yeah. it didn't sit right with us that, 
you know, people would come to the gym and they were losing fitness. Yeah. It doesn't seem like yep. you're doing your clients a service knowing that people are out of shape yep. cardiovascularly. Yeah. You know? your, your heart's an important muscle as well. And I think that's when we sort of realized both from the feedback and um, our friend uh, that we needed to change and do something about that. Yep. Yeah. And so we basically, we created what we did was that for the lower body circuits for the Tuesday and Friday, which was basically those circuits at the time were supplementary um, exercises for leg training. Uh, we just added a couple of cardio stations to it and you know reduced rest times. Because when you don't have equipment, the best way to elevate cardio, uh, cardio um, your heart rate, which is what cardio fitness is all about, elevating the heart rate, the best way to do that is with by moving your own body weight by moving your own body weight like by doing squats lunges walking running um cycling whatever like when you move your own body weight it is superior to any kind of machine for getting your heart rate up so it, it's actually i um you know there's a there's a really good opportunity there with your lower body training that you can do supplementary lifts to add volume and add a bit of diversity to your lower body, your squat days and your deadlift days, but you do it, you choose exercises that don't just add volume, but that also really get the heart rate up. So for example, on your deadlift day, kettlebell swings are one of my favorite exercises. There's really good research into how good kettlebell swings are for your back and for your core um, stability and strength. They're also amazing for glute and hamstring strength. And my God, mate, put put uh, 40 seconds worth of kettlebell swings into a circuit where you've only got 20 seconds rest and you'll know about it yeah and yeah. that was uh and that was really and and then of course it's so funny because the amount of times we had to change every time we wanted to add something we had to remove something else that was the hard part mm. and so the hardest part for me was really to remove all of the movement training the locomotion the flow the handstands because i really love that and that's the stuff that motivates me and 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 really it's the stuff that motivated me to create the ums so it was really hard for me to let go of that and i did it because um the uh basically um you know it was it was really obvious that if we wanted people to get better at movement skills at cartwheels at handstands at press to handstands at muscle-ups at anything that at the core of that is strength and flexibility and of course being in a good uh, body composition, you know, not being overweight. And if we weren't getting that right, if we weren't making people strong and flexible, then what's the point of working on skills that require strength and flexibility? Mm. So that was why I finally came to the conclusion that that's what we had to do. Um, so now the way that we do our classes, those skills are a bonus add-on for senior students like for example handstands are never trained within the classes at unity gym anymore we teach people how to do handstands we give them our handstand masterclass online program so they can watch it but then they have to come early before class and do the work before class yeah handstands aren't really great same with a lot of the technical skills that require you know um, big compound movements including olympic lifting they're not great at um incorporating into circuits or um, in the presence of fatigue they're best done when you're fresh when you can perform at your best 
and with very little fatigue. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important to, to draw that, you know, distinction between a, a skill movement and a strength movement. And yeah, yeah, for that reason, we, yeah, we, we were just rushing people through handstands and, and yeah, they weren't getting a good result, me being one of them. It know? also, I mean, it also, re- we realized that how long it takes to teach an adult how to do a handstand. I don't think when we first started our journey about handstands, I don't think we truly understood how long oh, we didn't. and how much time it takes to get good at handstands. Um, and that little brief period of time at, at the start of the workouts just wasn't cutting it. We just yeah. saw on a large scale the amount of people coming through that they weren't improving. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we realized that we needed to take it out and yeah. make our workouts more about the other components of um, fitness and, and strength and athleticism. Yeah, and the and the problem is that we've seen people like we've had members that left our gym to go to a gym that really did focus on handstands, like a gymnastics gym where, you know, they spend half an hour out, a day out of every workout, or you can choose handstand classes, whatever. And a year later, they came back and their body was very very weak and very frail, and they still couldn't do handstands. And that's a really sad moment. And this is one of the reasons why we, we took this stuff out, at, at least of the core program, the core workout. Because if you're going to train, if you're going to dedicate that much time to some, you know, to training, whatever your goal is, I think you've really sold yourself short if you do a year and you've become weaker or you haven't become stronger like if you if you're not seeing improvements in strength flexibility and fitness at the grassroots level of it uh, i i think you're doing yourself a disservice with your training i really do you should be feeling that your injuries are getting better you should be feeling that you are getting stronger that you can like lift more weight that you can do things easier you should be feeling that you're getting fitter at least to a certain level with all those things when you you know where you get to that level where the only way to go further is to specialize but yeah so that's really that's really how we unify strength flexibility and fitness and it works it works phenomenally we do it in an hour we do a 10 minute mobility routine that's on a tv it's me on the tv doing the routine excuse me and the reason why we do it like that is for efficiency when richard and i used to teach the mobility routines some days it'd take 12 minutes. <laughs> Some days it'd take 13 minutes if you got caught in a conversation with someone. Yeah. When we do it on the TV, it takes 10 minutes exactly because we've put a timer on and that's how we recorded it. And then when we get people just started on the workout, it all just happens so much quicker and so much smoother. It's very, very efficient. So yeah, um, you know, if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't seen the magic of the UMS, jump into our UMS online coaching group. Grab your first month free if you use the link in the description of this video or podcast. Anything you want to add, Richie? No, that's um, that's pretty much it. We covered um, a very rough. Um, I'd say there's a lot more detail into our story, like yeah. left a lot out, but that's the general gist of the evolution of how it came about. There was yep. many weeks and months where we were going backwards and forwards with ideas, and honestly, it's a really tested tested way of training um mm. yeah very tried and tested we've we've been running our program in its current it, i mean we we ran it for five years iterating it the way that we just described before it got to where it is now and now we've been running it in its current iteration for over a year and a half 
and it's really good. We get really good results with people and ourselves. So um, yeah, Stephen Pellegrino, shout out to you. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, um, brother. He's uh, saying uh, sort of coach Summers approach strengthen your way into the skill versus scaling down the skills just to be able to practice it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Vinnie Brown saying the thing I love most about the programs is that it's taught me to be uh, consistent with my training. Haven't missed a day, six days a week since starting last year. How good's that, Vinnie? Uh, good days, bad days, doesn't matter. Turning up every day has made the difference. That's what it's all about, man. Well done, guys. You guys are both superstars. And I'll see you both in the UMS Online Coaching Group in one minute where we go live for our daily coaching call. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.